This is The Playbook. So typically when I hang out with this guy, we do an, and either I'm interviewing him or he's interviewing me. We're giving each other a game. We're trying to help other people elevate, level up, learn things that they may not know through our vast experiences and the things that we've been through. Um, but today, it's not going to be an interview. We're going to have a conversation about life. Because I notice from my son to other young people that they kind of learn more when they're just exposed or they see things happen. Rather than you telling them what to do, they kind of learn by watching what to do from your mistakes or from your wins. So instead of you and I sitting here together saying, well, here's what you need to do. <laughs> wait, wait, let me be David Meltzer, ready? You need to collaborate, uh, agitate, and constipate. Um, <laughs> he's always got these like three exactly. words. I'm, like, exactly, I'm the three, <laughs> three word alliteration guy, yeah. or like what they, what they call me, the thought leading rapper. Uh, like, like Tim Story is always yeah, like, you come up with these three lines of persistence, consistence, and <laughs> resistance. And you know, then you gotta bring it back to your soul and your mind. And like, so anyway, so what we're gonna talk about my good friend, David Meltzer today, David Meltzer. Thank you. Clinton Sparks. Yes. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll introduce you. You introduce me. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my buddy, David Meltzer. Get familiar. Ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Clinton Sparks. If you don't know him, look him up. He's easy to uh, find. Dude, you had a perfect setup. If you don't know him, they need to get familiar. Come get on, familiar. David Oh, damn. You dropped the ball, Meltzer. All right. <laughs> I'm All at right. the stadium. I'm used to it. Yeah. So, by the way, <laughs> this is a sick stadium. And this is David Sweet by the way, right here. So whenever you want to come to a game, yes, hit up sir. David at david at davidmelter.com. <laughs> get your book and then ask for it to come to his suite. Like free book and tickets to and the he'll, game. He'll introduce you to Austin Eckler. Yes, yeah, of course. Because right, yeah, we're, we're here at the Rams, the Chargers, sorry, the Chargers Stadium. All right, so let's start this conversation. You got it. First thing I want to ask you that, I don't think people may ask you this, but this is a very important thing that can tell a lot about a man. What is the main thing that irritates your wife about you. And let me tell My you why I'm, let me, wait, wait, let me tell you why I'm asking. Because wives are an asset that not many people respect or treat as an asset. And what I mean by that is they're very intuitive, they're super smart, and they know who you should rock with and who you shouldn't. And I don't ever see them being wrong. So, yeah. and they also know everything about you from your idiosyncrasies to the things that make you an idiot it's unlike outside people that are like, David Meltzer, what a brilliant guy, but they don't know, you don't even know how to use a screwdriver. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> so, so what is There's it about so your, go with here. What, uh, what does your wife find? Like, obviously she loves you. I met your wife, yeah. beautiful woman, but what does she find? Like, all right, David, enough. Yeah. And it, I believe it's what I call my energetic. Come on, come on. Are we going to have a real conversation? Yeah, it is Are we real because <laughs> literally it's, it's what I'm genetically made. I am inherently an overseller. Right, an exaggerator. Right. You could even say back end seller, manipulator. So when she hears me say something that isn't true, right? And it could be something stupid. Like I would say, hey, you know, I own this studio. And my wife would like, dude, you don't own it. You partnered with like 10 people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like I, w I owned a bar. I used to right. tell people sidebar in San Diego. Right. I was like one of 70 people. Right. <laughs> right? right, right, right. <laughs> and then a wife to call you out. Drives, right? And I've given her permission now because. You know, I ended up also surrounding myself with a bunch of bullshitters and mm -hmm. I'm inherently a bullshitter. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I love most about her is 
out of everyone in my life, so many people, when you're successful, you know this, people blow smoke up your ass because they want something from you. They, they don't tell you the truth and they'll just keep telling you yes until they milk you dry because they've taken advantage of your ego. Mm -hmm. My wife is the polar opposite. Right. Like she's embarrassingly truthful and is not afraid of calling me out mm -hmm. like at a dinner when I got clients and going, that's not true. <laughs> right. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And so I, what do you I, do in that moment? Well, now I'm a lot better, but I would be that asshole that like gets mad and then screams at my wife after the dinner going, yeah. how dare you? Maybe you look stupid. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and so, you know, when she could have said, well, you made you look stupid by lying, which is what she did. Like right. she has no bullshit. And like I tell people all the time, my life changed when my wife finally said to me, I'm leaving because literally you're going to end up dead. The people you're surrounding yourself with and the bullshit that you're, you know, if I remember her telling me, if your mom knew what you actually were doing, if like, what would she say to you? What, what were you actually doing? Drugs, yeah. alcohol. Oh, so you saw early Dave. Yeah. 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 Early Dave. I, yeah. and, but she saved my life because, you know, but for her, you know, I was going on a bad path and you've seen it in your industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, in mine, you know, we'll be with Belfort and Dubai. <laughs> that was one of the guys I hung out with in New York. Right. And right, just right. lying to myself and lying to other people. So were you, so were you the quintessential douche back in the day? So I was an Cause you kind of say that about yourself. Yeah, I was an interesting douche that like an interesting douche. I was an interesting douche guys. Cause I was competitive. <laughs> I was competitive and insecure. Mm -hmm. So put into certain situations, I was a complete dude, like business wise, I'm negotiating the last penny, all this stuff. But like with, fr I was completely giving philanthropic, uh, emotionally sincere with my fr like a really good which is why I have so many friends still right from there but I also like in business I just couldn't tell the truth like I was always exaggerating I was a great car salesman yeah, yeah. <laughs> is probably the best way right so that douchey side of me of being that way and I've worked really hard 17 years to catch myself before my wife embarrasses me so wait so so from from douchey Dave yeah your wife was with you from back at Douchey Day, oh, it's yeah. the same wife today. Yeah. So she watched you go from douche to darling. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm much better. I always say I've been married 25 years. First, third at least, I was douchey Dave, douchey dad, douchey husband. Now, how were you a douchey dad? I would buy my kids. Like, I, I just, you know, I'd stay out late. I, you know, I, I wasn't where I am today where, like, I do anything with my kids. I, they're a priority, not just with money. They've always been taken care of, but I just wasn't spending present quality time with my children. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I take them places. And then like, if, if you and I went to the Dodger game with my kids, I wouldn't real. I would just buy them things and not like be interested. Right. And now like I just went to Mardi Gras, with my 12 year old and his friend, yeah. and we were so engaged. Like I, I, purposely play ping pong, for example, with my kids. Why? Mm -hmm. Because I know it's the only thing I can do that you have to be present, right? You can't play ping pong and be watching your TV phone. or talking, yeah. right? Yeah. And I, and I practice being present to my kids. So when I say I was a great dad, yeah. way better than my dad was to me. Right. And probably your dad was to you. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it wasn't I, there. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. My lamp when I was five. Yeah. So for me, I just do everything better because I look for what I want in the relationship. And I go ahead and prioritize my health, my family, and then activity I get paid for. So what was the pivotal moment that made you realize 
damn, I'm actually a douchey dad. Yeah. And, and, and what made you make that change? And did your kids know you were a douchey dad? And when you make that change, did they realize you changed? Yeah, great question. So one, you'll, you'll resonate with this because I, I went to the Grammy Awards with Little John, who was a friend, partner, client, and some stuff. Okay. And I, li I lied to my wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I lied to my wife, told her I was going to a business meeting. It was multiple times I did shit like this. Yeah. I ended up going to the Grammy Awards anyway. She told me not to. She warned me I wasn't paying attention to shit. And, you know, typical her. But I didn't take her seriously. Right. And so I went and lied to her. I came home 530 in the morning, a complete wreck. And she was waiting for me and literally said, hey, I'm leaving. When you wake up in the morning, literally, I'm leaving. She, I had three daughters under 10 at the time. She said, you need to take stock in who you were and what you want to become because you're going to die. And I can't say any longer. Uh, and she was crying. And she's like, I am so sorry because I love you but I'm doing this cause I love you. And I woke up in the morning, super aggravated and I hated my dad. I hated my mom. I hated my best friend and I hated my wife now because those were the only people to tell me the truth. Right. And literally, but for me sitting in bed thinking about how I was going to steal all her joy, get divorced, take her money. Right. My dad had given me this jacket and had no pockets. It's when I told him I hated him when I was 30. To, to remind me that money doesn't buy love or happiness, that I can't take anything when I'm gone. But for somehow seeing that jacket, and it clicked to me that I was a liar, a cheater, manipulator, overseller, backend seller, and I hated myself. Mm -hmm. And so when I realized because of my wife, how much I hated myself, even though everybody wanted my job, everybody wanted my life, they wanted my money, they wanted a family like mine, I had taken for granted, not just what other people were, were dreaming of, I took for granted what I dreamed of as a kid. Right. And it, I started practicing and working, and thank God my, my wife stayed. I talked to her and I said, look, I'm gonna do these things. I'm gonna live with gratitude again, with forgiveness, with accountability. Wait, wait, that's, that's, it feels like there's a lot being condensed into like one 24 hour oh, period. Oh no, yeah, it so was like, 17 years. Yeah, no, but I'm saying when she said I'm leaving, yeah. Like, was it that night you made no, a change? Was it weeks? Was it months? So I, I made that morning, I made the decision I wasn't going to get divorced. So I begged my wife and I, and I basically in complete humility said, look, what do I need to do to save our marriage and to save my life? And so I, I told her, like, here's my values. And will you give me a chance to practice these? I was smart enough not to say I'm going to change totally. overnight. Yep. And so the first thing she told me that kept her from leaving me was these three people, I'm not going to name their names, yeah. people I knew for a long time, you call them today and fire them from your life and I'll stay. So and it was either her and your family or these or them. three people. And so it sounds like a clear choice. But yeah. And I get, I, I told her no problem. So I called them and I said, Hey, this isn't about you. This is about me. I hate myself when I'm with you and I'm doing really dumb things when I'm with you. So I'm literally not ever gonna be able to talk to you again. And this is, one of the friends was from elementary school. And I said, I, look, it's not about you, please. And it was really hard. And I was tempted some of the nights when, you know, I was still drinking or whatever to call them mm -hmm. and do really dumb shit again. Mm -hmm. But I never did, I never broke that bond. And it took me years. And, Look, we were close a lot of times to her leaving again because I'm not perfect. Yeah. And I want people to know that, right? It's been right. 17 years now since that day. But I will, I will tell you, after practicing 
in taking stock in who I was, these values, I'm a, I'm a really good dad yeah. and I'm a really great husband. And it's because one thing, I started looking for what I wanted in these people instead of what I didn't want. And I think a lot of people in relationships, they're always looking at what they don't want from their kids or what they don't want from their wives. Mm -hmm. And they get more of that. I always say, my wife went from being a B, a B word, to the queen B because I was looking for the queen mm -hmm. instead of the B word. Right. And it was that simple. What I focused in on in my wife, uh, and I will tell you, I will break down in tears how much I adore my, my wife and right. how much she means to me. So that's the story of your wife. Meanwhile, you have children over here Yeah. that were they aware? Like, were they like, my dad's a dick or they no. were too young to realize? They were spoiled, right? So yeah. they were too young and I spoiled them. Uh, but my oldest works for me now and she's 23 mm -hmm. and she's the only one that kind of had glimpses about like, I remember you being drunk, right? Or not yeah. like you are today. And I like you as a dad today more than I did as a little girl. Right. Yeah. Man, that's a powerful story. And I think there's a lot of people that, you know, listen to you and, you know, you're on your IG live all the right. time <laughs> and you're running around speaking. Doing my alliterations. Dude, you're, you're always giving, 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 right? And you're always giving great advice and trying to help other people. I think a lot of times we look at people like yourself uh, and many other people in, in this field of being like these super powerful, strong leaders with great advice that, you know, you don't even recognize that they might actually fuck up a lot too. Yeah. Or maybe even some of the advice they give, they don't even follow it all the time. They slip. And it's almost like they're talking to themselves at the same time. And I... I'm a firm believer in just keeping it real, right? And it's like, look, I can give you great advice. I've been through a lot of turmoil in my life. I can tell you how I got through it. I can tell you how I got successful. It doesn't mean that I'm almighty perfect and I don't mess up every now and then or I don't ever upset my wife or I don't ever, I mean, I never do lie and yeah. I, I never do yeah. cheat. I never do steal. I never do the, the things that like yeah. you would not want, you'd want a human not to do. But I still like, my, my ego might step out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or I might, you know, be insecure about something. Um, and we all go through that. And I just want, I want to be one of those people that continually let people know it's okay for that to happen. Because, and I know you do, but most people like are out here slanging all this fake inspiration, <laughs> right? Perfect it, lives. Right, yeah. And this, this like, this is what you got to do. And here's how you got to be. And blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, first of all, what works for one person doesn't mean it works for everybody else. We're all built differently. We all have different, you know, childhoods. We all deal with things differently. Some of us don't know how to deal. Some of us drink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some of us make music. You know what I mean? So everybody has their own way of coping with issues. So one of the things that I would say is that when, when people are going through things, it's good to listen to people like you to get some tips and some guardrails and to learn from other experienced people. But, like, David's path is not your path. Yeah. You have your own path. You might be able to teach David something right now or in the future. And I think too many people rely on going to conferences, reading books, going to courses, listening to like these great people that have done something significantly awesome in life. It doesn't mean because you did one thing great that you're overall great at everything. And I think that that's what the young generation believes that this guy inv invested in Twitter and he built this company and he's got $200 million and he's got all the, the, the toys that I want, I'm gonna listen to him. Yeah, but he might be a douchey dad right. and he might be a dick to his kids and he might not be a good guy to be around. He might be super unhealthy. There's a lot of things that you're not taking into consideration that people don't, are not honest about and giving you the real like, look, even though I'm telling you this, 
let me tell you this. I haven't paid child support in three years. <laughs> no one's going to tell you that. Right. I hit my wife last week. No one's going to tell you that. No one's going to tell, ah, you know what? I fucking scammed my partner and stole our business from him. They don't tell you these things. So you got to pay attention to the messenger, not just the message. Because anybody can give you a message that they found somewhere else, regurgitating David Meltzer yeah. saying, or some, <laughs> but the messenger. And the way to pay attention to the messenger is to look for receipts and to see their history. See if they admitted to what they've done wrong. Look at the things that they've done to become better. See if they understood the, the formula to win, repeat, win, repeat, win, repeat, not just win. And you and I both know someone has a win and they're out here telling someone how to win at everything now. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, all right, dude, you've invested in 35 companies, 34 failed, you got lucky with one, doesn't mean you're the greatest stock picker now. Right. But now they're out here slanging courses on, let me show you how you can get rich and get passive income when you're sitting on the beach making $100,000 a week doing nothing at 19 years old. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. I love it. Right? Am I right, David? You're 100% right. All these people out here slanging like passive income, do hardly no work, make money when you're at the beach. Dude, Dude, 17 years it took you just to become a better man, let alone the years it took you to become a great, successful yeah. business person. And losing over $100 million, right? Right. That, that, that's, you know, a lot of lessons are in there. I think, you know, I'll take something recently because I believe that my health is my first non-negotiable before my family and before even. So you eat no cupcakes, David. Well, you would think, right? But, <laughs> I, but I don't, right? It's so hypocritical because I do give a minimum of an hour a day on my health. But I am honest about, like, I have a bad relationship with food. Right? I grew up with six kids. Some days we didn't have enough to eat. Mm -hmm. So I eat too fast and I have a scarce energy about eating. I eat, I eat pretty healthy. Yeah. Very rare. I'm not a sugar guy, yeah. right? I don't smoke. Like, all, you know, I work out every day. But my problem is, right, I eat too much of even good things yeah. is not yeah. good, right? You mm -hmm. overeat steak yeah. or, you know, a, a chicken or a fish and you have two portions and you're over 50, that's not as healthy as I could be. Right. And, and I think it's important to tell people that, that, hey man, these are my values. And I, I, I'll stand by the fact that your health should be your number one priority yep. for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great lesson I've learned. But that doesn't mean that I didn't eat Bananas Fosters when I was in New Orleans mm -hmm. two days ago. Right. Even though I'm thinking, I got a TV show that I'm filming and I don't want Fat Face Dave, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is a whole nother insecurity that right. you can't just be accepting of where you are. So mm -hmm. too many people are out there standing in front of shit they don't own, supposedly having perfect lives. Look, mm -hmm. I, argue, I, I will tell you, I adore my wife. I still get in arguments with her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a five-year-old sometimes yeah. because she missed an exit mm -hmm. and I'm giving her some sour statement right. about like, you idiot. Well, if you listen, <laughs> exactly. yeah, right? right. But I think more people need to share that yeah. because it does allow them to mature and grow and say, hey, shit, man, I, every day I have a philosophy it's called getting punched in the face five times a day. Right on average, everybody gets punched in the face five times a day. It's mm -hmm. how much time do you spend in that interference like mm -hmm. how do you react you let it ruin your day mm -hmm. you know are you are you having the right mindset heart set right. to move forward so one question i want to ask you for your advice to a 17 18 19 year old that thinks they can come dominate the world and become a billionaire by the time they're 20 with passive income drive <laughs> a lambo truck I uh, have truck. all these things, right? <laughs> so, well, you know, man, they're all out, every, everybody's out here flossing like they're living the best life ever. And like, it's just, it, it troubles me because I know it's not real, one. Yeah. Two, it's given other people false hope. Three, 
It's while you're spending all that time and effort on trying to front like you're doing something great, spend that time on doing something great. And then you don't have to front later on, nor do you have to show it off. It's just who you are, yeah. right? So what do you say to the 19-year-old that feels like there's a cheat code or a shortcut to becoming a billionaire by night? Because the internet lies. All day it lies to us and makes us feel like we need to be more successful than we are. It takes a lot of things, doesn't take a lot of things into consideration. But a lot of kids feel like there's a shortcut to becoming 50-year-old successful David Meltzer, right? And again, maybe their own version of success. What do you say to all those people out there that are feeding all of this misinformation, false information, misleading all the youth to think that there is a shortcut to becoming successful? What would you say to that concept to those people that make the young generation feel inferior, insecure, depressed, like inadequate because they haven't got the success that you've gained over 35 years, but they feel like they need to be at a level of a Gary V. Like, you'll know, you'll see a 20 year old kid that thinks he can be Gary V oh, next shit. year yeah. just because he knows how to run ads and, and do shit, content. I'm 55. I wish I could be a Gary V in, so, in social media. <laughs> right. So, so, what do you say to those people that do have this yeah. constant anxiety of, I have to be successful, I have to dominate, I have to make millions of dollars by 20, or I'm a loser? What do you say to those kids? Well, first of all, don't attach your emotions to those outcomes, right? It, whether those outcomes are true or not, and there are anomalies out there. Somebody created a company and nine months later made a billion dollars. There's some, but there's billions of people. Right. So there's also people who win the lottery. Billions of people play, right. one person wins. Right. So look, let's look at the reality. The outcomes are insignificant. What I like to tell people is, why not focus in on something that you can't be aware of? And it's called progress. And it's an interesting thing, especially for young people today, because they want to be aware of progress. And so the only way they can determine progress is by attaching their focus or their emotions to an outcome. I'll be happy when I own the Lambo truck. I'll be happy when I'm like Clinton Sparks in music or David Meltzer in whatever business or what sports agent. I'll be happy when. Well, Dieting. David, yeah. David's diet. Yeah, David's yeah. diet. <laughs> the deli-ish's diet. And... When we realize that our behaviors have an instant result, good behaviors have an instant result called good progress, and bad behaviors have an instant result called bad progress. Right. And I'd love for people to just take a step back and say to myself, do I wanna have good progress in my life or do I wanna have bad progress in my life? Instead of saying, I'm gonna attach my emotions to when I make a million dollars or a billion dollars, I'll be happy, say to yourself, today, I'm going to do my best to have behaviors that are aligned with where I think I want to be. Maybe it or is who I want to be or who I want to be to be a good dad, right? Are my behaviors aligned with today being a good dad in the future? And so now I have something quantifiable and concrete to be happy about because I know that instead of looking at outcomes, I'm looking at behaviors, knowing mathematically proven, no bullshit, Good behaviors create good progress. Bad behaviors have bad progress. Right. We can't, look, if you diet for one day, you're not gonna see a difference. Right. But if you diet for 365 days, meaning proper nutrition, mm -hmm. whether you see progress or not, you can scientifically prove positive progress. Right. You know, and it, and it aggregates on itself. What, what does that mean? I have so many friends, I'm 55. 
I have so many friends that told me, dude, I've been smoking since I've been 19. I'm healthy as a, a clam. And then yeah. guess what? They don't wake up in the morning right. at 55. Yeah. Well, that's an aggregate effect, yep. right? And mm -hmm. so what I would rather them say is, hey, smoking's a bad behavior and it's gonna create a bad result someday. I don't know when, right. but it's guaranteed. It's not gonna create a good result for you. Right. You may withstand it and live through it. So if I can get people to focus in on progress, not outcomes, knowing the only direct, attributable, quantifiable effect of progress is behavior, and determine for yourself good behavior, right? So for me, drinking's a bad behavior. I've changed that. You know, any type of drug, bad behavior. And it had a lot more effects than your own health. Oh my goodness. It was ruining your family, your relationships. My business, right? right? Like you, and there's a mathematical equation of luck. What you pay attention to and what you give intention to, what you do, say, think, believe, and feel equals coincidence. I was creating the wrong coincidences in my life right. by paying attention to the wrong things and giving my intention to bad things. But the great thing is most people that are in that situation, they find other things to blame oh, yeah. instead of looking back at themselves on how they're creating that. And look, most of these young people, they're interested in being famous because we live in a world now where fame rules. So they're chasing fame. But we'll end on, famous doesn't make you great, but great can make you famous. So if you focus on the great, everything else along with your you know, positive progress will all come into play. I'd high five you, but your table's like 10 yeah, feet away no from shit. me. Well, I, I just <laughs> wish I had more of a dialogue to learn the secret lessons uh, of Clinton Sparks. And I will tell you one lesson that I think of when I, and it's a new lesson for me is that if you learn to love what you do, like you're a guy that just, you love, you put passion since you've been young, not listening into anyone else, but when you learn to love that, it will tell you all the secrets. And you, you have like all these life secrets because you've put your passion and your purpose into everything that you do. You just love it. You mm -hmm. just take that attitude. And so many people are in blame, shame, and justification instead of looking for that light and, right. and, le and lesson. So I love being with you, man. I can't wait to go to Dubai with you. Yes. Thanks for spending time in my office.